This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 232 with Lior Gans. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to look at how to position yourself for opportunities in cannabis and crypto investments. My guest in this episode is Lior Gantz. Lior, as the editor of Wealth Research Group, has built and run numerous successful businesses and has traveled to over 30 countries in the past decade in pursuit of thrills and opportunities, gaining valuable knowledge and experience. He is an advocate of meticulous risk management, balanced asset allocation, and proper position sizing. As a deep value investor, Lior loves researching businesses that are off the radar and completely unknown to most financial publications. Please share your feedback and thoughts on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MCLobsher or by email at info at CashflowNinja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at CashflowNinja.com or texting CashflowNinja to 44222. To ensure you never miss one of our episodes, you can download our free interactive smartphone apps on the Apple and Google Play app stores. I've also created a Cashflow Ninja investment group where I share opportunities that I'm investing in with my fellow investors. If you're interested in joining this group, please email me at info at cashflowninja.com and we will continue the conversation to see if you're a good fit for our group. I've always thought that if there are only a handful of people that have built indestructible wealth in any economy and market, why are we following the advice and doing what the majority of people are doing that are struggling financially? My friend Dave Zook says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy, but you need to pick one. At The Real Asset Investor, Dave and his company create value for investors looking for high yield returns from real estate ventures domestically and internationally. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities The Real Asset Investor offers, such as the syndication opportunity at the Mahogany Bay Village in Belize, investment opportunities in the multifamily space in the United States, and ATM syndication opportunities, visit CashflowNinja.com forward slash real asset investor. Are you interested in real estate investing but don't know where to start? Join Ops Properties as the premier provider of turnkey lease option investment properties. With their proven system, you can have cash flow within 30 days. To get cash flow within 30 days, go to joinopsproperties.com. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access an educational webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Lior, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Sure. Um, so basically today I'm 33 and investing when I was 16, I guess um, uh, what happened to me personally is that my uh, my dad went bankrupt when I was 13 for the first time, and then the second time when I was about uh, 18, and then for the third and final time when I was uh, 21. So um, I had this uh, childhood where uh, money was always an issue. And I know many people, you know, you ask them what their parents do and they don't know, right? Like, uh, I don't know what my family goes off in the morning, comes back in the evening and, and uh, they don't know the details about what their parents do. If you ask them many, many kids, but right. when I was 13, I was, uh, I knew a lot because it fascinated me what happened. And since I was 13 and until 16, I had to work. I had to start working. So I was uh, handling my own account and money, you know, from an early, early age. And I started thinking about not only how to earn money, but also how to invest. I got a waiver from my parents to, as a minor, start my own uh, investment account in my bank. And I used to go there and, you know, sit at the branch with my banker and talk about uh, investments. 
since I was 16. And uh, that has, uh, has started me on that path real early. And I think starting early was uh, important for me because it, it didn't allow mainstream or conventional wisdom to fool me in ways that I think many people are just uh, being duped, not to, on their own fault, but just because they're not closing their minds to many of the wrong ideas that are out there surfacing. And, you know, they, they just stumble on their path in life instead of choosing their path in life. And I think as a teenager, reading a lot of the books that people find at the age of 30 or 40, when they're already so much vested in their own careers and they, they feel like they can't change anything, starting that early was a privilege and lucky uh, for me. Uh, it's for, for the, all the wrong reasons, right? Uh, my dad went bankrupt, et cetera, but uh, it, it was a gift uh, on, on the other side of it because I, I had to take charge. And so I started entrep- entrepreneurship at the age of 18 with my first businesses, et cetera. And I failed in about the first five businesses. And in my sixth venture, when I was 21, uh, got going real good. And from there on out, uh, it took me about nine years to reach seven figures. And uh, um, I think um, what happened to me was I stayed alert to many opportunities, MC. And in 2009, I, I, uh, I started a real estate business in the U.S., uh, right when everybody else was thinking that uh, U.S. real estate was dead. And I sold that business in 2013 and opened uh, a boutique fund for about 20 well-to-do clients, um, which we had to invest uh, close to a million dollars each. And we got into Bitcoin really early. And uh, that was part of the success of that fund. And I liquidated it uh, the end of 2015 and launched wealthresearchgroup.com, which is a free financial newsletter where I share all of the research that I do personally with uh, the readers and subscribers, uh, the free subscribers. Uh, there's no threshold for Wealth Research Group. And um, that's where I'm at today. This is my passion now. This is my love. And this is what um, I, I want to keep doing until my fingers can't type anymore. It's amazing that you started so young so that you can basically see right away and learn. As you mentioned, you weren't kind of taken in by all this propaganda that's put out there. You kind of learned firsthand how it really works and saw what was going on where a lot of people, as you mentioned, they're so caught up in their careers. It takes them years or even decades uh, before they truly realize uh, what's going on, how money truly re- and really works. And I think, uh, MC, also when you're a child, you have no illusions, right, about yourself. I mean, when you right. start working as delivery boy and you see that you work eight hours a day or 10 hours a day and at the end of the month you have like $1,500, you know, there's no illusion there. You start, you, you say to yourself, okay, that's definitely not a plan that I can, uh, that I can do as I grow older. So you immediately look for solutions. And I think uh, as a grown-up, you kind of, um, you know, you don't have the acquisitive mind of a child. So you're not, uh, and you don't have the time, the time luxury that a, that a teenager has because most of his expenses are being taken care of. So, um, you know, the, at the young age, I, I think uh, for, you know, now that I'm a parent to, uh, to an infant, that's one of the first things that I'll teach them. I, I, you know, I want to teach them that, uh, that there's no illusion here. If you want to create wealth, there are only a number of ways to do it. And it's uh, if you're going to become wealthy, you got to stick to one of those. And you can't fool yourself by going in a, in a route that doesn't work, thinking that uh, there's light in the end of the road. So it's important. And I think, yeah, starting so early got me going got me saying okay this doesn't work this doesn't work this isn't what does work and i had the time and the the time luxury to to figure this out between the age of 13 and 18 let's uh touch on what doesn't work and you and i uh discussed previously that uh 
There's a huge paradigm shift that's needed for the majority of folks. They've been sold a bill of goods, but uh, unfortunately, a lot of folks are going to find out that this is not as uh, was presented to them, especially, you know, here in the United States, we can already see it in the middle class and um, where the stagnant wages that people are going through. Can you speak a little bit to that? Sure. So, I think, um, and we write about this extensively with Wealth, Wealth Research Group, um, the middle class in the United States was a product of the word of World War II. So after World War II, the U.S. emerged as this uh, manufacturing hub, this huge center of wealth because it was suffering and needed to rebuild itself while the U.S. did not suffer um, any cataclysmic uh, problems from World War II. And wages increased, and many U.S. companies flourished, but also the American worker flourished. But as time moved on, the U.S. got involved with, uh, with costly wars in Korea and Vietnam. And in around 1971, the 15th of August, the the U.S. decoupled the the U.S. dollar from gold, and that created um, a chain reaction that uh, really started to to uh, uh, move money away from the U.S. and move knowledge away from the U.S. into poor countries, and they became the manufacturing hubs. While the U.S. started to lose its grandeur as a manufacturing uh, center. And the, the 90s brought back the U.S. with tech. Um, and it, it's important to understand that the U.S. is a tech uh, giant in the tech capital of the world. Uh, but the, the, uh, um, the workers, the work in tech, are not the middle class of uh, the 1950s until the, the 1990s. So Many people have not been experiencing this boom, and U.S. tech companies do not only work in the U.S. They have uh, many research centers around the world. So they are the headquarters is, is in the U.S., but most of the operations are outside. And it's important to understand this because uh, the middle class has been promised many entitlements that have to do with retirement and with social uh, security, Medicare, Medicaid, etc. And these programs are all unsustainable with today's uh, debt obligations that the U.S. has. So, MC, in other words, the U.S. Uh, federal government does not have an income problem. The tax revenues that the U.S. collects right now are the highest it's ever been. Still, the deficit is rising. So what the U.S. has is a debt resolution problem. They, they just spend too much for their own economies. And the, the way that they're able to do it is, is by creating this fiat system that they can create without asking any other, uh, without checking with any other source, right? So gold used to uh, limit that, but now there's nothing to limit that. Now, every country in the world can do this. But with the U.S., it's very special because they are the reserve currency of the world. And so they can do it to a large extent because the rest of the world absorbs their currency. If other countries would try to do it, they will have hyperinflation within weeks or, or months or a few short years. And the U.S. has avoided that by being the reserve currency of the world. Still, the debt problem is real. Now, with regards to the, to the middle class, this process of globalization has killed it. And so it's, it's imperative that uh, you understand that four out of five workers in the U.S. are now going paycheck to paycheck. Uh, 100 million people are not in the workforce anymore in the USMC. So in a country of 330 million, only 230 million people are in the workforce. That means you have to support a third of the country almost. And this is, uh, these are things that are unsustainable. They were more sustained when it was a super global power, the only super global power, but now there are others. And so what Wealth Research Group sees is a huge problem 
going forward and they'll have themselves. I mean, the, the only thing that's, that's right now being fueled by this uh, financial engineering of the central banks in America is the stock market and which is rising, you know, without fail. And we, we see it crashing in the future. In fact, we wrote a special report about it. Yeah. And see, it's, it's, it's a very interesting times and people have to really look for opportunities in recession proof businesses and, uh, recession proof industries such as the end of prohibition of cannabis and the rise of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology in order to prosper and not get squeezed out of their purchasing power. Because in five to six years, there will be no middle class in America. You will either be part of the or part of the the wealthy class or part of the lower class. There will be no middle ground. It's amazing how you put it together from World War II, which, as you mentioned, you know, Europe was completely decimated and destroyed. There was no factories basically left. It was all bombed to pieces. Uh, and that kind of kick-started it. And, and, and as you explain and, and go through the phases, and you also touched a little bit on monetary history, which is so, so important because right after World War II, again, with the U.S. being the powerhouse at that stage, the Bretton Woods Agreement, an accord was done. Uh, you touched on 1971 when the Nixon shock took the the world base, basically off the, the gold standard. Uh, so these systems and monetary systems change every 30 to 40 years. Uh, it's kind of very interesting that we're kind of on the edge of a new <laughs> monetary system where cryptos come into play with uh, around 2009, I believe, is when Satoshi Nakamoto wrote the white paper on, on, uh, on Bitcoin. Uh, so it's very, very interesting. What do you see on the, the global monetary system changing and how does cryptocurrencies fit into this? Well, right now we're in this discovery phase. <clears throat> so basically, cryptocurrencies have started to emerge, um, really emerge in about 2015. Before that, for about six years, they were very uh, on the fringe and not many people knew about them. Not many people knew there were there was more than one, um, but right now people can recite you know eight, ten, twenty of them like it's uh, like it's nothing. But still, um, there are only about four hundred thousand people that own more than five thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. So if you compare that to let's say iPhone from Apple, which costs uh, what like a thousand dollars, you know uh, four hundred thousand people buying iPhones, that happened after four days, right? So right. people think that Bitcoin's a bubble or uh, cryptocurrencies are a bubble. Uh, are iPhones a bubble after four days of sales? So definitely not, right? The, the amount of currency in the world compared to the amount of cryptocurrencies is the same as uh, the, the size difference between one room and a neighborhood. So there's so much more potential and so much more to go with regards to massive knowledge behind it. But um, with regards to how it relates to governments and regulation and taxes and uh, anything that has to do with, you know, fix, fix, uh, fixating all of this new technology, it's still in the works. What is important to note is that the U S Congress is planning to pass a bill within the next few days or weeks which will make crypto, uh, Bitcoin or uh, tax exempt uh, under $600. So that would essentially make it uh, in a regulatory fashion, the same as euros, dollars, and all the other currencies. So this is a huge deal because up until now, it's been deemed as a property and was gain- it was taxed at the 28%. So this is a huge deal from the U.S. government to, to, to work on this. Because what they're essentially telling you is we're ready to ab- adopt this further. Um, now, with regards to what's going on, I think it's it's important to understand that uh, cy- cypherpunks or the people who have thought about internet money or digital money, they've been around since the '90s, and they try to introduce a lot of fa- uh, a lot of different um, you know digital cash versions throughout the '90s. Uh, blockchain technology, which is a decentralized database, has been around since the 70s. 
but uh, both of these idea ideas weren't uh, accepted because there was no huge problem. So as you know, in human history, huge problems, they are the best catalysts for change. And so 2008 brought that about. People started thinking about their banks differently, about their government differently, about uh, who's important in society, right? Who, who, right? Because 2008 showed us, proved to us that there are some people and some organizations that are more important than others. Um, and, and one law doesn't apply to one sort of person where, uh, you know, the same law would, would apply to another. And so this uh, system brought about the resurgence of these cryptographers and brought us Bitcoin. Um, it's bringing us uh, many more cryptocurrencies with their own uh, agendas and their own uh, competitive advantages. And we're seeing a massive year of adoption for for these um, cryptocurrencies and not only cryptocurrencies, but the blockchain technology itself, the decentralized database that has been applied to more than just currencies. So this is a huge hyper growth um, industry. And I think since it's uh, so new, there's many opportunities for investors, entrepreneurs, and employees to get started right now and be one of the pioneers. This is not uh, to be construed as uh, different from being one of the first uh, employees of Google, etc. There are many opportunities right now with blockchain to be the first, to be the first in everything. And so... Uh, Wealth Research Group created a, a, a special report on this, and you can you can download it at, at wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash crypto 2017. And we've also recently, MC, <clears throat> covered the launch of the only pure blockchain company, publicly traded company in the world, a, a blockchain miner. And we started uh, covering it on September 18th when it started trading MC. And between now and between then and now, it has been the world's number one stock, the world's number one top performing stock. And so if you want to read about it, go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash must, M-U-S-T. But it just shows you the amount of demand that there is and I think what happens with what happened with this company is it's it's a connecting bridge between traditional brokerage accounts and people want to involve, get involved in cryptocurrencies but don't know how to open uh, you know an, an account with uh, with a crypto exchange and, and get their wallets and they want to find out about a traditional stock that you can do it with um, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's it, it rose like seven hundred percent one in, in like forty trading days so. It's a huge deal. And I think, yeah, we're on the cusp of a revolution when it comes to uh, financial technology and the way that the world views money. Uh, many young people do not view gold and silver as previous generations have uh, because gold and silver have never been a part of their lives since the day they were born. And uh, obviously, uh, gold and silver, uh, the same as Bitcoin, they have what's called a net work effects. So the more people deem them valuable, the more valuable they are. Um, and so uh, there's many changes that are going on and it's important to, to adapt and accept them. You're listening to Leo Gans on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This is MC Laubscher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Valhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining the capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy according to the infinite banking concept. If you're interested to learn more about privatized banking and the infinite banking concept, you can access an exclusive webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. You're listening to Lear Gans on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and now back to our interview. 
a lot of exciting stuff. And as you mentioned, this is just the beginning because a lot of people have looked at the year that Bitcoin has had uh, and even other cryptocurrencies, Ethereum and Dash and Monero and so forth. And they, they ask, well, did I miss, did I miss it? You know, and uh, as you mentioned, I mean, this, this evolution of money and uh, this technology, technology has just started. Obviously, if you haven't bought at the formative years, you've missed uh, you know, a significant amount of gains, but there are plenty of more gains to go. So obviously, <clears throat> when it comes to these cryptocurrencies and when it comes to, um, to any, any small cap investment, the, the, more you, you, the earlier you can uh, uh, get in when it comes to hyper-growth uh, successful startups, the better it is. It's just the way it is, right? And so that's right. what we do with, with Wealth Research Group. We have core relationships with a lot of these uh, venture capitalists and developers and miners uh, that, that I fly out to see all over the world. And so we get to know all of these plays when they're very early. So with, you, you mentioned Ethereum. We launched coverage of it uh, in November of 2016 when it was $10 and reaffirmed our buy recommendation in March when it was $12. Now it's over $300 and it, it was trading over $400. Um, Monero is another one that, that we actually covered uh, as well. Um, and, and Steam, uh, which is over a thousand percent from our recommendation. I mean, knowing about these things early is key. And, um, but, but I think massive gains are also ahead because with regards to Bitcoin, just figure that, uh, many of the leading brokerage accounts, MC, say Fidelity, uh, which has millions of investors, uh, investing clients with them. They're opening up a feature on their platform where you can just buy and sell Bitcoin right now. So that will add 26 million new potential investors to Bitcoin. And just think Fidelity does that, then Interactive Brokers is next. And then, you know, TD Ameritrade, Schwab, uh, you name it. So, it, there's so much more uh, room for growth. But yeah, if, if you really want to get uh, in at, at, the, at the bottom floor, you need to look for these opportunities with people that know the right people. Absolutely. And the other thing that you touched on that is pretty exciting too is the cannabis industry. Can you share a little bit uh, just what you're seeing out there and what some of the opportunities are that you guys have identified? When it comes to cannabis, it's, it's uh, sort of in the same uh, realm as cryptocurrencies when it comes to regulatory, right? So uh, cryptocurrencies are new, right? And so re- regulatory issues are uh, they're trying to, to you know, classify exactly what cryptocurrencies are. When it comes to cannabis, it, was, it is still a federally illegal substance. And so this regulatory process also plays uh, a huge role in uh, creating investments uh, opportunities for, for this plant. And the reason is that this huge stigma or reputation, this negative reputation that it had, um, obviously was much easier to sustain when, when the government um, had more power in the 30s and the 40s, etc. But now with the internet... You can't stop information that easily. And people understand that cannabis is simply a plant. And if you know how to use it in the right doses, it can relax you more than it can, uh, you know, people do not want to get high. They want to relax like a glass of wine if you're talking for a recu- recreational aspect. But the, the huge um, new realm for it is the medicinal one. It relieves pain. It helps to sleep, etc. And so, three out of every four doctors in America—you're talking a quarter of a million doctors. I'm sorry, three quarters of a million doctors um, have said that they have no problem issuing a cannabis-related uh, prescription, uh, prescription if if uh, it was legal. And so, there's a huge support. But uh, what's amazing about cannabis is that there's already a huge market for it anyways. So all this illegal demand will now 
spill over into the legal market and you can participate in that. So obviously, since most people are not criminals, they don't want to participate in the legal market. But when something becomes legal, regulated, and there's a lot of quality control and, you know, the products are uh, approved, etc. This becomes a whole new ball game, uh, and this is the end of prohibition. It's a one-time event because obviously, in a few years, MC cannabis will not have the huge margins that it now uh, has before prohibition. Um, in in ten to fifteen years, cannabis is a plant; it's an agricultural commodity, and uh, there's a, you know, uh, it's not a high margin business. And so the, if you want to create, uh, you know, millions of dollars in your trading accounts, starting with a few thousand dollars, which can be done with cannabis companies because some of them have gone up a thousand and ten thousand percent in a mere two years. This is the time to do it. The next two to three years is the window, the time window where all of this in huge demand will um, will get into the legal market and many companies will become the new dominators. There are no McDonald's. There are no Targets. There are no Walmarts. There are no Microsoft to this industry. And they will be created and shareholders who are pioneering in this industry will, will make fortunes. In fact, there are many um, cannabis millionaires that have... Uh, sprung up in the last four years. So there's a huge opportunity. I think the two major catalysts MC right now is in less than two months, California, the world's sixth largest economy is going to become legal, fully legalized for recreational and medicinal. That, that's a huge stepping stone um, for other uh, states to move forward with their license, with their legals, uh, legalizing. And, you know, there are tons and tons of lobbyists and lawyers working to see how the federal government can speed up this process. But uh, even if it doesn't, there's so much opportunity just in California alone. And then July 1st, 2018, you've got the full legalization in Canada, and that's also huge. So a lot of exciting things happening right now with cannabis, um, and, and um, I couldn't be more uh, excited about this. Very exciting stuff. Now, Lear, you've spoken about this crash that you're talking about too as well. You've shared a little bit of the, about the crypto space. You've shared some exciting opportunities in cannabis. What are some of the other things that people can do to not only survive but thrive and capitalize on opportunities, positioning themselves in anticipation of a market correction or another financial crisis? I think um, we're in a different situation than 2008. So 2008 came after eight years of a sideways market. If you remember the time between 2000 and 2008, uh, stocks did not um, trade in a bull market. They traded in, in, a, in a sideways market. And so most, share, most shareholders, most investors were not sitting on huge gains. And there wasn't a lot of cash in the system. There was a lot of debt, a lot of credit, and a lot of margin. And therefore, 2008 was a credit crunch. The system did not uh, allow itself to overextend further. Banks distrusted one another, and intraday loans between banks stopped. And that uh, triggered what, um, you know, many people thought of two, three years earlier that there is toxic debt in the system. But that was the triggering event. Right now, there is no triggering event for a full-blown system crash. Uh, there is insane, insane amount of cash reserves, uh, both at the commercial bank levels and at the institutional level. But there is a excess of capital in the stock markets. And so what I see is a crash in the stock market and a crash in the bond market, but not a, a systematic crash. And, so, and the, the major difference is that this time the crash will trigger because people want to take profits and not because they're getting margin calls. And so uh, once the market corrects and once it sells off, 
what's going to happen is all of these investors will have tons and tons of cash. And what will they be looking to do? They'll be looking to reinvest it. And so that's where I think the new super cycle in commodities will begin. Because as people dwindle down on tech and look for cheap opportunities, they'll see that the only cheap sector in the world right now is hard assets or commodities, industrial and precious metals. Um, and I think that will be the next huge bull market starting in about uh, four to six quarters from now as the market uh, you know, has its blow off top. Um, who knows what's going to happen to stocks after that, if they're going to trade sideways or in a full bear market. But what is very, very clear is that commodities will be the, the huge beneficiaries of this. When it comes to, um, to the crash MC, I think what's most important for people to understand, at least from my perspective, is I'm not a, when it comes to these U.S. equities, the, the large caps, I mostly invest in what's called dividend aristocrats, which is a group of elite 52 companies that have raised their dividends without fail for at least 25 years consecutively. And so um, w- with that allocation of my portfolio, I do not um, trade in and out. I buy uh, the cheapest ones out of those 52, and uh, I, I just hold. I hold and I hold for decades. So with that part of the portfolio, I am not going to touch it uh, when the correction comes. The, the correction will come and eventually they will trade much higher uh, in, in the future. So what's important for me is to make sure that I stay in the game because when they raise dividends, that is money that I get to reinvest in those companies. Dividend reinvestment is the surest way to get richer in the stock market over the long term. There is no other sure way to do it. Compounding has been the fuel that um, has brought billionaires, uh, billion, uh, billionaire investors to flourish in the last uh, 50, 60 years, and it will continue to do so in the future. Currently, Wealth Research Group sees two companies, only two companies, as cheap enough to buy right now. Um, and you can go to the website, wealthresearchgroup.com, and click on the top menu on the Wealth Stocks tab. And you can see all of our previous recommendations when, when it comes to uh, long-term plays. So if you're asking my opinion, I will not be selling any company that I bought for the right price. because if it pays a dividend that it keeps on growing, there is no reason to sell the underlying business. If I can make a, a quick example of this, it would be like uh, uh, you buying a home for $200,000 and the renter pays about $2,000 a month. And now the, the renter calls you every year and tells you, hey, I'm going to bump my uh, rent, if you don't mind, to... 2,200. And then he calls you the, the next year and says, I'll pay you next year 2,500, etc." So you got a great renter in there. And in the meantime, the market thinks your house is now worth 180,000. Why would you sell that house? That ties into the cash flow strategies that, that we've spoken about as well. Lior, you've mentioned, you've seen a lot of the strategies of what some of the wealthiest folks are doing. Can you share a little bit about your uh, investment philosophy and over, overall approach? Yes, definitely. Um, okay, so when it comes to um, my own investment portfolio, what I do is I put about 70% of it in stocks or stock or, or um, uh, paper assets and about 30% in uh, rental real estate and in asset classes that doesn't don't have to do with the stock market. So that can be private lending. Um, it can be uh, other sources of uh, uh, private businesses, etc. And then um, that is my investable uh, part of my portfolio. But I also have, a, and that would be a, about 80% of the entire 
net worth. So you take about 80% of your net worth that, that you want to invest and you, you put 70% of that in stocks. So that would be 56%. So 80% times 70%, 56% in stocks and about 24% in rental real estate and, and uh, things and assets that generate uh, cash flow that doesn't have to do, don't have to do with the stock market like private lending or private businesses. And with the other 20%, you put it in defensive type uh, assets. So that will be precious metals. That will be cryptocurrencies. That will be cash. Um, it can be collectibles, etc. So at any given time, you're, you're very much allocated uh, diversifically, not only within the stock market, but outside of it. So, you, you know, if you have rental real estate, no matter what the market is doing, your renter will pay. So that is an income stream that doesn't dry up if there's a market correction, et cetera. Um, and precious metals, they retain their purchasing power uh, throughout time. Uh, cryptocurrencies are a new form of storing value. Cash is great for having liquid cash for opportunities. And I think right now it's important to have about 15 to 20% of your net worth in cash. Uh, yes, it does suffer from uh, uh, inflation, etc., but only in in a minuscule level, and it's worth having it around in order to capitalize on opportunities. And within the stocks, uh, MC, most of my stocks are long-term investments. Like I said, dividend aristocrats mostly. But then I also take about 15% of the portfolio of stocks and invest it in purely speculative small cap companies, which can return much, much more than traditional investments. The reason I do that is, as you can see, my asset allocation is pretty wide. And therefore, I can allow myself to take about 15% of my stocks portfolio which is about 7% of my net worth overall and place a few strategic bets with companies that I really have vetted for months. I know the owners personally. I know exactly what the CEO is looking to do. Um, and, and these are companies that can really fly, you know, 500, 600, a thousand percent in a matter of weeks or a year or two. These are in, incredible returns and it's worth uh, speculating in them because that is truly what makes a mediocre portfolio turn into a lively one. Lior, um, one habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skill sets. What are you currently studying and what skill sets are you currently learning? I think with when it comes to skills, I am look, I'm, I'm, st- um, I am improving my skills of prioritizing my time with wealth and with, you know, with success, everything changes in your life. And so you need to prioritize your, your daily routines differently, how much time you devote to each uh, thing. And you need to create time blocks, especially as an entrepreneur. When you're an employee, you get dictated a lot, right? Uh, you, You have time away from the office. Sure. But, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's much more important to prioritize. What do you want to work on and what do you want to delegate? And that's something that I've been working on uh, a lot recently. Um, another skill that I'm uh, really looking to master is called gratitude. And it's just a way for me to um, to have a state of mind that is always in gratitude which I think brings much more open-mindedness and tolerance and alertness to opportunity and more balance to my life. And that is a great skill to have, which I'm, I'm uh, practicing right now as we speak and, and will keep practicing as a, as a daily habit for the rest of my life. Um, when it comes to what I'm studying right now, I'm very much in the midst of studying commodities and super cycles how they work, and how does the Asian century, which is what we're embarking on right now, has to do with this coming cycle, which metals 
will be most essential, most important, and how can investors um, gain from this. And we wrote a special report about this at wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash gold playbook um, about all the different aspects of how to invest in gold, uh, um, for example. But I see many opportunities right now, MC, that are truly cheap, generationally cheap. A core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you can, cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Um, the number one principle of success is setting goals. Uh, you cannot succeed in anything without setting a goal, obviously, right? Um, right. So I think, uh, I think any person who doesn't have clear goals is simply drifting away in life and he's part of somebody else's uh, plan. So the number one most essential uh, principle they have in life is to set a goal, to set goals in your life all the time, constantly. There is no other reason for living. Um, and so that would be my number one principle that I will pass on to, uh, to my children and, when, and, and that I share with Wealth Research Group uh, readers. The second thing that I think is truly a priceless principle is to build a team that you trust in order to solve problems in your life. I think so many people are trying to be people that do it by themselves or they have trust issues. And one of the most important changes that I've done to my character was to change from a person who only trusts himself into a person that allows other people to brainstorm and, and find better ideas. And I found that uh, everyone has weaknesses that they can compensate on by, um, by being part of a larger uh, group of people. So it can be two, three people. In my case, it is two, three people. And um, I think that is a wealth principle, a success principle that is truly priceless. But it's important to qualify and say, I don't mean your parents. I don't mean your brother. It doesn't have to be them. Uh, you need to find what we call believable people, people that have proven that you can believe them and what they say, that they have enough um, you know, track record to be part of, that, of your core team. So that's important. Um, and the third thing I would say is, is embrace pain. Uh, that is a principle that I think has um, the lack of, of applying it has stopped most entrepreneurs and employees in the world from reaching their full potential. If you don't understand that, uh, <clears throat> that nature has basically put pain in your face in order to tell you that you need to grow and evolve, then, uh, I think that you need to develop that mindset. Pain is natural, and I think life is a beautiful struggle. And if you don't um, embrace that, you'll have so many issues. If you take per pain personally, you'll have so many issues that you might not overcome some of them and give up on your goals and give up on your dreams. And if you do the opposite, and you set goals and you build a team to solve problems and you embrace pain, I think the sky's the limit for you. Absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing those. Lior, how can my listeners learn more about you, uh, your company, and your newsletter and stay informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? Well, 3 is the website. You can, you can sign up for the, uh, for the financial newsletter, the free financial newsletter. Um, it, it's, it's basically my way of sharing all of my passions and all my top research um, when it comes to the big picture and also to specific stock opportunities that we do like, you know, heavy due diligence on for months and months. And then we uh, release our, uh, or publish our, uh, um, our write-up on, on the company. And uh, um, I think that is um, a gist of what wealth research is. 
I think uh, if you go to the website and you click on the special reports tab, you'll see a wide array of special reports in many different aspects. So you can kind of take us for a test drive and see what you like and what we're all about. And uh, basically, that's it, man. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. Thank you for having me, MC. Thank you for joining my guest, Lior Gantz, and myself on the Cashflow Ninja today. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. I'm always trying to learn and improve in every area of my life. So if there's any way that I can provide more value for you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. If you're not a subscriber to the Cashflow Ninja Gosh Good newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 442. Smart investors know that the banks actually don't own most automatic teller machines. In fact, the opportunity for private investment provides stellar passive returns, figures in the double digits, with an added bonus that most of the income is tax-free. Who wants to walk blindly past an ATM and not cash in on that opportunity? ATM machine ownership brings you a steady stream of hands-off passive income. Dave Zook and the Real Asset Investor team have been providing opportunities for investors in this uptrend activity of ATM use. If you are an accredited investor and would like more information on how you can invest in this exclusive asset class that very few investors will ever have access to, you can sign up for your free webinar on how to create income streams from ATMs at cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott have been in your shoes and have used real estate investing to create passive income and become financially free. In just over three years, they've created a lease option empire with over 170 properties. They can show you how to do the same. To get cash flow within 30 days, go to joinupsproperties.com. You can also check them out on YouTube. Just search joinups properties or call Jimmy and Bob at 314-799-2247. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access an educational webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.